0: The speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. You know, as the leader, you set that tone. And so for me, I I love that quote, you know, the speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. You set the tone, you set the pace and everything that you do and how you do it speaks. And so I think that would be one of my uh, favorite quotes. And of course, a wooden quote would be competitive greatness. And he defines competitive greatness as doing your best when your best is needed. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author. They reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel.
1: Hey, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. It means so, so much to me. And maybe you've been thinking about writing a book of your own. And if so, do not wait. The world is hurting and needs your help. It needs your book. I would love to help you on your journey to write your book. So simply email me at Aaron at dailyauthors.com and love to hear about your book idea. Now enjoy the show. Thank you so much, Rocky Romanella for joining me on the Daily Authors podcast. So excited today to talk to you about your book, Tighten the Lug Nuts, The Principles of Balanced Leadership. Thanks again, Rocky, for joining me on the show.
0: Well, thanks. That's a mouthful there, huh? Rocky Romanella, I want to tighten the lug nuts all trying to get together in one little <laughs> sentence there. So, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully I did an okay job for you. Uh, <laughs> did. Uh,
0: excellent job. You did a great job. Thank you.
1: Well, uh, before we start talking about your book, Rocky, I was hoping you might tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work and what you've got going on right now.
0: Uh, so quickly, I spent 36 years at UPS, started uh, there right out of high school on loading trailers, working my way through college. It was a great part-time job. Fortunate thing for me was UPS had a promotion from within policy, which I took advantage of. And I think the thing that's interesting about the way my career started was uh, I went to college to be a high school history teacher and a baseball coach with no intention of ever having a long career at UPS. It was just huh. a, pay, a way to pay my way through school. And the one thing that I noticed early on as I worked part-time at UPS in New Jersey, I realized that some of the best leaders inside the organization were really people who could get their people to connect the dots. So they were teachers in many ways. And so for me, I never gave up my teaching, coaching passion. I just did it in a a different setting. Instead of a traditional classroom, it was a business setting. And instead of a traditional on the field, it was inside an organization like a UPS. And so for me, I always was able to... uh, you know, work on my passion of teaching and coaching, and then the other thing that's different about my career at UPS than maybe some of uh, other UPSers you may know, or is that uh, I did some of the non-traditional things at UPS. So, for example, uh, we purchased mailboxes, et etc., uh, and rebranded it to the UPS Store. I had that as a direct report and learned franchising and got a chance to work with some of the greatest entrepreneurs, UPS Store franchisees. And then we purchased over 20 companies and built UPS Supply Chain Solutions, and I had the opportunity to run that for UPS on this side of the world. So I really learned integration of companies, cultures, strategies, to make people feel like they're part of something special, even though they just left an organization or were just purchased by another organization. So that really gave me some insight into some very interesting things.
1: Yeah, amazing. I'm sure it taught you a lot about uh, leadership, which uh, you've written about here, obviously. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more now about your book. And I'm curious to know a little bit more about the title. It, it's intriguing. So if you, if you can speak to that first and just what inspired you to write uh, your book, Tighten the Nuts."
0: Well, first on the inspiration. So for me, leadership was always about this concept of leaving things a little better than you found them. Are people better because of the time with you? Are your customers better because of their interaction with you? And so it, it really gets to this concept of legacy. You leave things a little better than you found them. So what's your legacy? Yeah. And so once I retired from UPS, I got the opportunity, was recruited to be a CEO of a telecom company. And then ironically, after yeah, for three and a half years, we sold that company. So I, I was involved with the acquisition of companies and integrating them. And now I was a company that was sold. And so I was on the other side of the table. And I thought there was a tre- tremendous amount of learnings that I Got through my thirty six years at UPS, and plus this, you know, being a CEO and going through a sale, and I thought, why not? If I could, as part of this concept of legacy, leaving things a little better than you found it, and and the coaching and teaching that was in my blood you know why not if i could be able to put it down on paper and articulate it in a book and so that's where the concept of writing that book came about and of course the title of the book Tighten the lug nuts is a story that's inside of the book one of the chapters inside the book and part of my style as a teacher instructor leader was always to tell stories and, and you know have some fun learning should be you know a fun scenario and so for me there's always a story in the book and there's always some analogy or some lesson in the book that's tied to a story and so each chapter has its own story within this concept of the book, which is, a, you know, a story in itself.
1: Yeah, awesome. Love that backstory into your inspiration to write the book. And maybe you can just talk not necessarily about the story of Titan the Lugnuts, but any, any particular chapter or story within your book that stands out that, that you may be inspired to share with the listeners today.
0: Yeah, just too quick. Uh, the, of course, the chapter on tighten the lug nuts really comes down to without telling the story or giving too much away. But, but the story is about that concept of tighten the lug nuts, which is when the lug nuts were, are loose on a vehicle, they're important. If you yeah. don't take the few minutes to tighten the lug nuts, they become urgent. And as a person, you know, as a leader or as a person in your own personal life, you can only handle so many urgent things. And so when the lug nuts are loose, they're important. But when, they're, when you don't take care of them and the wheel falls off, they become urgent. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, an important thing became urgent. So don't allow important things to become urgent, both in your personal and professional life. And, you know, there's, there's more to that story, obviously. But that's kind of the concept in the title of the book is Tighten the Lug Nuts. And it's funny because as I travel around or people have seen me speak or even in the town that I live in today, I do a lot of I try to do as much as I can to help out with like high school seniors and college you know, juniors and seniors getting ready to graduate and and, and try to do some talks there and volunteer my time there. And I've become known as the lug nuts guy. And it's funny, kids (laughs) will see me and they'll be like, hey, Mr. R, no loose lug nuts here. I'm very good. Keep up the good, good work. And so that's one quick. And then the book in many ways is a dedication to my dad, who was such a big influence in my life growing up. And in my adult life, it's my wife, Debbie, And so the book talks a lot about the lessons and and the things that we, you know, Debbie and I learned together as we were moving throughout UPS and throughout the country, and then the lessons my dad taught me along the way. And so for me, I think that it was a way to kind of pay tribute to them, but also the lessons that I learned along the way. And my dad, when I started my job at UPS, told me two things that have stuck with me throughout my career. And I talk a lot about it in my book. And the two things he told me is whatever they ask you to do, say yes and thank you and then learn your job and learn some more. And so I think about it as I was getting tapped on the shoulder and I was talking about it in the introduction how, you know, a promotion from within policy and, and these opportunities were presented to me. I may not have always felt ready for those opportunities, and I talk a lot about that in the book. But one of the lessons that I learned is, is that many times as a leader, you have to believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And so you sort of bridge that gap of knowledge and confidence by your belief in them. And then when that person starts to get more confidence and they get more knowledge, you kind of come to that break even point where it really starting to match up well. They're feeling more confident. They have more knowledge. You feel good about the job that they're doing. And then that's the next big step is when you step back then and you allow them to run. You allow them to flourish. You let them fly a little bit. And That's when you don't overmanage anymore. That's when you kind of take that step back. And so for me, I learned that valuable lesson that you have to believe in your people until they're ready to believe in themselves. And I talk a lot about that in in the book.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, it sounds like some really good stuff, some really great lessons from, sounds like a great career and life that you've lived in a lot of leadership that you've brought to um, a lot of these companies that you've been involved with.
0: Well, the other thing I was going to say is this concept for me also is, is that we're all leaders at one time or another, and I think sometimes what happens is, and, and sometimes people say to me, "Well, who'd you write the book for, or you know, where would the book be found?" Well, you know, certainly it's found in a leader's, it's in a you know business section, but it's really a book. For me, it was a book for all of us because we're all leaders at one time or another. You know, I think sometimes people think leadership's about a title, you know, CEO or manager or general manager, whatever, but we're all leaders. And my quick example to you would be is if, you know, one of the things that I do in my business is keynote speaking and training. So if I was at a training workshop or more importantly, if I was at a keynote speech and 300 people sit in the audience and I asked the audience, you know, who's that state senator or who's the local representative in your town? Most people could not answer that question. But if I asked the question, who's that teacher that made a difference in your life? Everybody stops, tilts their head. And can name a teacher, fifth, Miss So-and-so in fifth grade, <laughs> Mr. So-and-so in sixth grade. And so think about that. By that extension, those teachers left a legacy, right? They were leaders because they left things a little better than they found them. And so for me, we're all leaders at one time or another. Even an individual contributor is a leader by the way they go about doing their work, by the way they may influence you, by the tone they set from the way they do their job. So I think that that's, or the way they meant to you as an individual contributor, they're a leader. I just think we get hung up on a title, but to me, leadership is something that we all have, uh, we all do at one time or another, and, and we all participate in. And So this book is sort of helpful for all of us because we're all leaders at one time or another.
1: Yeah, I love that. Love that. Thank you for sharing. You mentioned uh, about not always being ready for some of the opportunities that were presented. I wonder if you might speak a little bit more about that. I mean, I've been put in similar positions and and situations in my life and and in in both the corporate world and, you know, personal life. And um, yeah, I'm wondering if you had any insights to how you sort of stepped into those new roles and, you know, started to, I guess, overcome any doubt that you might have in your abilities.
0: Well, the one that always comes to mind and I laugh and I kind of smile when I ask that question is, is I remember getting called into our corporate office in Atlanta and our CEO at the time looked at me and said, Hey, we've got this opportunity for you. We've, we just purchased, you know, mailbox, et cetera. And we'd like you to run that, you know, on behalf of us here at UPS. And I looked at him and said, Jim, you know, you got to have somebody smarter than me to do this. <laughs> I mean, I can deliver packages. I understand the business. I mean, I'll do anything you need me to do, but really me? And so he kind of smiled and said, well, that's why I think it's you because I know that you'll go in there and learn everything you can and do it from a humble approach rather than an approach of someone who thinks they know everything. Uh And so he said, the fact that, you know, that you you don't have that confidence is probably going to be more helpful to you than you realize. And so one of the things that I've always done and I, and I learned is, so, when, so at UPS, when you became a full-time supervisor, you could not just go from part-time to full-time or become a full-time supervisor without being a driver. So I was a full-time driver in Plainfield, New Jersey, and I loved the job. But the thing it taught me was that ability to understand that job from actually doing it. And so that was such a valuable lesson for me. And so every job that I took on that I may not have felt as skilled or or may have lacked that confidence, number one, I was very grateful that UPS had more confidence in me and saw more in Rocky Romanella at times than I saw in myself. And so that's mm-hmm. that first lesson that I talked to you about. But the second thing that always stuck with me is, you know what, if that's the case then, and that was such a valuable lesson being a driver, it, it helps in everything you do. So once i got that responsibility on the mbe side the first thing i did was put an apron on and go spend a day in the store when i got the responsibility on the supply chain side let's go down and pick an order let's go under see how do these orders drop how do we pick the orders you know how does this inventory system work and so get down and and look you won't know the job at the skill level of those individuals who do the job every day they're the experts they're the people that do that job every day but the fact that you would be willing to take the time and respect to go out and try to spend that day walking in their shoes means so much to them and also helps you gain that credibility. When I took on the role of CEO as a telecom company, you know, went out and, you know, spent the day at a cell tower site, spent the day, you know, we were doing installation of cable and direct TV. Let's go out and spend a day. Show me how this works. Show me what we do. How do we, you know, fulfill our obligation Uh, to our customers on behalf of the organizations that we're working with. And so I think that goes a long way that you're willing to take the time to go learn. I could never be, by the way, an undercover boss. I mean, that would break (laughs) my heart. I made me think of that
1: when you were talking about
0: Yeah. That's a great show for somebody else, but I would never, I mean, think about that. What you're saying is that, that you haven't taken the time to know what's going on in your organization. Me, I'd rather be chairs. Everybody knows your name. So I just think it's your style, it's your approach, but I think it's so important to be willing to take the time. And look, I'm I would never tell you I'm the expert that they are running a store, not even close. I mean, those entrepreneurs are outstanding individuals who really are, you know, have taken their life savings and put it on a table and said, I'm all in to, to build my business. I have such great respect for them as entrepreneurs and but I wanted to at least understand, you know, what, what their day was like, what they're going through. And so for me, it was a sign of respect of, to them from me that I was willing to say, it doesn't matter what my level is inside the organization. I want to put an apron on and try to understand the business from your side.
1: Yeah, I think that's this great advice. I, I feel like that's always something I've had more respect for any any bosses that were interested in, in learning, at least uh, to some degree, what, what you were doing. And and then even if they had that, especially even if they had the technical skills or the abilities to, to speak towards it more, it always helped in conversations. Well, I, I wanted to make sure the listeners, readers really summed up uh, or really understand what you were trying to get across in your book, Tighten the Lug Knot. So maybe you could just sum it up for us. And, and really, if you could just have them take away one thing from reading it, what would you say that
0: would be? I would say it's about this concept of legacy. We talk a lot about that in the book. And that legacy is do you leave things a little better than you found them? Were people better because of their time with you? And it's funny, uh, as I think about the conversations that I have now with people who will ask me a question about, hey, if I'm, I'm going into business for the first time or I'm um, starting my career, do you have any advice? And so for me, when you think about this concept, legacy, like I, I tell people all the time, think of the word you want people to use to describe you at the end of your career. Hmm think about what that word is. And it's funny when I'll ask a group of students or I'll ask, you know, a group of people that I'm maybe, in you know, a training workshop with and I'll say to them, think of that word. And of course, people will give you great adjectives like energetic, aggressive, decisive, some, you know, they'll come up with these great adjectives. And, and I always say to them, well, think of that word that you want people to describe to you at the end. For me, the word was always thoughtful. I wanted to be considered a thoughtful leader. That I took, you know, when I made my decisions, I made them from its widest consequences, and I made sure our people, our customers, our shareholders, and stakeholders were represented. That was just me, but the word thoughtful. But pick that word that best describes you. And if you think about it, your whole career, you're building that mosaic to support that word. So if thoughtful is your word, then as someone, you know, unfortunately, you go through a right sizing situation or maybe a restructuring situation in an organization. But And if thoughtful is your word, you want to do it in a thoughtful way. How do I communicate? Do I make sure I, you know, that our people are represented in this decision? Do they have an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing? So whatever that word is to describe you, and I talk a lot about that in the book, that it's about your legacy. What's your legacy? How do people think of you as that leader? And it's the word you use to describe that. So, for example, I never say people worked for me. I always say people are in my care you know, mm-hmm. as a leader are the people whom I care are represented properly. And so it's how you think about yourself. It's how you, you know, articulate the view and the vision to everyone. And it's about that legacy. How do people think about you long after you're gone?
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, yeah, well said. I really appreciate it, Rocky. Uh, well, let's jump to a favorite book. I wondered if you might share any of those that have inspired you through your life or that are maybe inspiring you of late and any, any on your mind, Rocky?
0: Yeah. So I, am a, a very big fan of coach John Wooden, legendary coach, a UCLA basketball coach and uh, read all his book. And f- I fortunately had the opportunity to spend about four hours with him. It's actually 1999 when I was living in Southern California, you know, we talked before we got on air. Uh, we both lived in Southern California, yeah. uh, and so I got the opportunity to spend about four hours with Coach Wooden. I actually have a video on my website uh, www the number three to work, sixty management services dot com under Coach's Corner, and I have that video interview with him, with Coach Wooden, and and he's such a inspiring, inspirational person, but in such a down to earth, and I guess thoughtful would be another word that you could certainly describe him way. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with him, and and he was very inspiring. And so I've read all all of uh, Coach Wooden's books. And I think that no matter your age or whether you're a sports fan or not, his books are, are just so, you know, thoughtful, inspirational. In fact, he has a pyramid of success. And his pyramid of success was actually written while he was a teacher. And the pyramid of success was built so that as he spoke to parents about their students, you know, And he would say to them, well, they're doing if C is the best they can do and they're giving you their best efforts. Well, then that's a good grade. And he said it was always interesting to watch parents face and they they would say, well, C may be good for somebody else's child, but not my child. (laughs) And so he would always try to get, you know, try to speak to them and get them to understand that, you know, it's the right expectations for your children. It's the right skills and knowledge that you give them to prepare them. And that's his pyramid of success. And it's interesting because you know, you know him as that legendary basketball coach, but, you know, he really was a teacher at heart and was a teacher. And so he builds this pyramid of success, which is used throughout sports and throughout leadership, but it was really built for, to discuss with parents about the skills necessary for their students to be the best students they could be. So I, I just think that it, that's so interesting, that tie in there, but coach Wooden, it's, any of his books are outstanding.
1: Awesome. I'll we'll have to take a look at them myself. Appreciate the recommendation.
0: Yeah, if you get a chance, catch the video. It's actually an interesting video. He's uh, he's a real, uh, just a, a warm uh, person and you can, it's, it's actually done at his uh, condo there in Westwood. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out.
1: Uh, well, I uh, wondered also if you might share a favorite quote or something that inspires you often as well.
0: Yeah, there's one that I always love to use and that's the speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. And so, you set the pace and you set the tone as the leader and everything. Another great book, if you would like to read is uh, from uh, Dennis Snow. It's called Lessons from the Mouse. It's about his time and tenure at, uh, at Disney and and when he also worked at Disney University. And uh, he talks about everything that you do speaks. And so, you know, as the leader, you set that tone. And so for me, I, I love that quote, you know, the speed of the leader determines the pace of the pack. You set the tone, you set the pace and everything that you do in how you do it speaks. And so I think that would be one of my uh, favorite quotes. And of course, a wooden quote would be competitive greatness. And he defines competitive greatness as doing your best when your best is needed.
1: Wonderful. Thank you for sharing those, Rocky. Great quotes. All right. Well, just a bit about the book writing process. I wondered if you might share your experience through it all and what might have helped uh, you along the way.
0: Well, thank you for asking. So it's interesting, the first, uh, it took uh, probably the longest part was starting, right? You're sitting there looking at a piece of paper, and then you're going through those various feelings like, well, you think I have enough to write, and you think anybody would read it, you know? And so yeah. for me, I was fortunate that throughout my career, whenever someone would bring me a thought or bring me a concept, I never liked the feeling of saying, well, you know, Aaron, that's a good idea, but what if? And so I always felt like when you use that word, but, it it sometimes you know, stop people from thinking anymore, or they were wondering, do do you think, does Rocky think this is a good idea? And so years ago in my career, I would develop this character, Joe Scafone. And I would say to you, hey, that's a great idea, but you think Joe Scafone thinks that's a good idea? (laughs) And so Joe Scaffone became this way of me challenging you in a positive way to maybe not stop at the first right answer. And so for me, when I wrote the book, I wrote it through the third person, Joe Scaffone, because it was so easy for me. So that's probably the number one thing that really got me going on the book. I never worried about writing it as Rocky Romanello or writing it in a way that said, well, I would do this, or I think you should do this, or maybe you should look at this. It was so easy for me because I wrote it as Joe Scaffone. So Joe Scaffone is the character in the book, and then it became easy for me to uh, to write the book. And I think the second thing that helped me, and you know, people ask me all the time if you had a recommendation, I would say, The second most important thing for me was I never wrote the book trying to write the entire book. I wrote chapters. I wrote concepts that were important to me in this term of leadership. And then once I had, you know, these different chapters or these different concepts, which I thought were so important, then I came back and tried to tie it together in a story. But I didn't try to write a story. And that just, for me, bogged me down with trying to write the story. I got so consumed with writing the story that I lost the concepts. And so for me, I said, wait a second, it's about the concepts. It's about the things that you leave behind that could be helpful for people. And so once I took that new approach of just, hey, let me write some concepts. And so you look down and before you knew it, you had 14, 15, 16 chapters, each of an individual, maybe concept or a story. And then I tied it together with uh, through my friend, uh, Joe Scafone. (laughs) Awesome.
1: Yeah, that's that's. Great advice just to have it broken down like that and, and not get overwhelmed by, by it making it easier to have individual chapters to focus on, probably. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, maybe you could also share a bit about what's been the very best part for you uh, about writing a book, I guess. What do you feel has been you know the best thing and the best experience for you in the book writing process or just to be a published author?
0: Well, the first thing was, as I wrote the book, I, I kind of put together this focus group and the focus group was was my wife, Debbie, and my kids. And, you know, it was just great. I had, you know, my daughter-in-law, my, my two son-in-laws and my four kids. And so it was great because they all participated with me. And I thought that it was so cool, Like, right? And then if, if you go through the stories in the book, a lot of them are, you know, of how we moved and the different experiences we had. You know, woven in are the are the leadership lessons, but it's a fun story, and you'll smile and you'll laugh. It, I guarantee you'll have a good, you'll laugh. <laughs> I mean, that's I always always say. You know, we work hard enough; we got to have a little bit of fun here. So, for me, their involvement was just a wonderful experience for me. And then the second thing to me that the most heartwarming part of it for me is is the fact that you know, as I told you, you know, I wrote the book with the thought of a way to recognize my dad and my wife who've been such important influences in my life. And so when people send me a note, they'll tell me their favorite story in the book or they'll tell me how I really laughed about this, this really happened and, you know, those kinds of things. But they'll always say to me, which, which I really find, they'll say to me, hey, you know, I thought a lot about my dad and he has also since passed, but you know what? I didn't realize that. I learned so much from him. I thought about you talking about your dad and I've heard you on some podcasts or interviews and and you talk a lot about your dad and his influence on you. And I thought to myself, you know what? My dad was influential on me too. And so, you know, where my mom was an influence in my life or my wife, you know, my wife or my spouse, my significant other has been an important person in my life as well it's like they had that aha moment. You know what? It's not about me. It's about us. It's about the people in my family, the people we interact with. And so I think, you know, that recognition, that realization that they've had is a nice feeling when someone calls and says, hey, I thought a lot about my dad. And I realized, you know, I learned a lot more from him than I gave him credit for. And so to me, that's a very special moment when people tell me those kinds of things. Wow, wonderful, wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's so uh, Yeah, books can do so much, can be so healing, can be uh, so influential. So definitely. Believe in the power of
0: books. Yeah, and if people can smile at the end of it, I mean that's. uh, I mean, I always tell people, tell when after you get done reading the book, you got to call, you got to email me, you know, or get on my website because it's a very interactive website, and I answer all the, you know, the correspondence myself. And so the people send me an email, hey, this is my favorite story, or this is my favorite story, and I think that that's wonderful because you know the stories are what make it fun, that bring a smile to your face, maybe get you have an aha moment. But, but I also know you learned something along the way because you're taking the time to correspond with me. So that makes me feel good.
1: Yeah. The teacher in me.
0: That's a teacher in me coming out, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You obviously
1: uh, have a passion for people. Um, well, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, Rocky. So, you know, if there's absolutely anything else you'd want to share uh, with the listeners, go for it. And also maybe just uh, recap again where they can connect with you online.
0: Uh, thank you very much. So, uh, my website is www. It's the number three and the word sixty s i x t y managementservices. dot com. You can interact with me. Uh, the book is also has its own website, the dot com book is sold on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's been uh, very humbling, the the number of books we've sold. So, uh, you know, when I first wrote the book, I'm thinking I got 37 Italians I'm related to. If I could sell 37 books, I'd be (laughs) 38 means I really did good for myself. So we were well past that. So it's been fun to watch. I did tell you that uh, about uh, on my website, I have podcasts up, I have YouTube videos, and, and of course, Coach's Corner, where you can see the Coach Wooden interview. And during my conversation with Coach Wood and when it was over, we were speaking for a little bit and of course, he was also going to be a speaker for us at our national management conference and I asked him, you know, what his fee would be and he said to me, there's no fee, you asked me for help, I don't mind helping you and I was so touched by his humbleness and then he said to me, I said, well, Coach, you know, we, we certainly want to do something and he said, well, look, would you be willing to give some money to the Jimmy V Foundation? Of course, a legendary UNC coach who passed away of cancer and gave the famous speech, uh, you know, never give up. And so coach Valvano, uh, so for every book sold, we donate a dollar to the Jimmy V foundation to find the cure. So I think you'll enjoy the book. I hope you enjoy the book, but at the very least you'll be donating a dollar for every book sold to the Jimmy V foundation and to find the cure and, and, to help with the, you know, cancer. And unfortunately all of us have someone in our family that has, has struggled or has uh, passed because of it. So it's also a very good way for us to give back. So, uh, and, uh, Coach V was uh, just an amazing person. So uh, you can buy the book on Barnes & Noble, buy, buy it on uh, Amazon, does a great job for filling. And of course you can uh, visit our website, 360managementservice.com. There's three legs of our stool, keynote speaking, which I do the keynote speaking. Uh, enjoy doing that. Do quite a few keynotes uh, as well as breakout sessions. And uh, we have a leadership training uh, arm of our business, which is a lot of fun as well. And then uh, finally we do some we do consulting. It's more Process improvement. We like, we love working with small business owners. So it's really uh how to help improve your processes inside your organization. So simply uh best way to get in touch with me is on my website or finally on my you can email me at Rocky, R-O-C-K-Y, Romanella, R-O-M-A-N-E-L-L-A at gmail.com.
1: Wonderful, Rocky. Thank you so much for sharing all that you have and and uh, all that you're doing. It sounds like you're just out there killing it. So really, really appreciate you ah, being you so. here with me and, and spending the time. It's been wonderful.
0: Well, I enjoyed it. And thank you so much for your thoughtful, professional uh, questions. And uh, it was a great conversation. And I hope your audience finds value in the book and in our conversation.
1: Well, I'm going to definitely check it out. So I know that others will listening. And uh, yeah, again, just all the best in your continued success and uh, ongoing work. And legacy that you're leaving.
0: Thank you very much. You as well. Pleasure meeting you. And thank you very much for the opportunity to speak. Thank you, Rocky. Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content.